All right, this is the unstudied episode number two. And last time we left off talking about uh, handouts and the differences between uh, African American, well, really American culture here and uh, African cultures in Senegal, Nigeria, and other parts of Africa, and how different it is from American culture, especially when it comes to finances and economics. Uh, Fatou, you were talking about how in, in, in your city of Senegal, it's nothing for a person to ask for help financially or whatever. Yeah, Go like, ahead, say, um, say it again. And people are like short on their rent or like they need help with their kids. Like people aren't afraid of showing like, I need help. It's usually probably African parents I see here that stop trying to be like that or like really? they just refuse to go to people. Yeah, they see it as like embarrassing. But like Thank you. when you're in Senegal and stuff like that, it's not embarrassing. People are not like, they're like, I'm about to go to the store, can I have this job? You know, they're gonna put it in your hand. I'm about to do this, can I have this? I'm about to do this, I need help with this. People are helping each other and they're not worried about the money getting back to them. They are not making a mental tab for you. They're helping you because they want to help you. Okay, and go into why, why, why are things different in America? White or black, this is not gonna happen because what you said, it's what? It's handouts like a- And a handout is considered to be- Pitying. Pitying, like it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, like it's just not acceptable to ask for money. Like, if you are, it's like people have like a certain thought about you, like, oh, they broke, beggar. Yes, know, it's, like it's, it's negative, negative to be broke, embarrassing to be broke. Yeah. Uh, have y'all noticed the same thing in America? Is it embarrassing to be broke? It has a lot to do with pride. Uh-huh, yes. It has a lot to do with pride. So do you, do you think this plays into why a woman would initially be like, no, I would not date a broke person? Yes. 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 From their point of view, they'll think that other people will look into their relationship mm-hmm. and see that the man isn't making that money and they judge them based yep. on that. Because it's true, people do do that. When yeah. people see people a girl with like a, a broke male, they're like, ooh, they struggling, couldn't be me. Right. I've heard that it was more like Dollar Tree or it smell like like Goodwill, you know? Yep. Like, just telling you like your relationship just gives off the vibe like poor. So hey, be, you know, go ahead. Oh, Goodwill, okay, yeah. For real. Good, for real. But yeah. that, but that's the point. Okay, yeah. my point is that we can't get to. I don't think we could ever make a movement to fix the fact that a lot of people are broke because people hide the fact that they're broke. People yeah. won't admit that they are broke. That's very true. So it's just like, for example, if somebody needs psychological help, it's also embarrassing to admit that. Yeah. Therefore, they don't get the help because they're trying to pretend that they're yeah. not needing help. Yeah. Does that, does that make That's sense? very true. So my, my thing is, if, if it continues to be a thing in America that it's embarrassing to be broke or to be struggling, we'll never be able to fix it because nobody will ever admit to they it. They won't admit to it. And I think that's why in uh, like Africa and stuff like that, there's no shame in Africa. Because like, mm-hmm. like, if you're down bad, people know you're down bad. Like, it's not something that... I feel like a lot of Africans don't pride themselves in their money or what they Thank make. You. I feel like they pride themselves genuinely in who they are as a person, their family, yes. what they like, what they bring to their family, family table. and communities. Yes, I don't feel like no one prides themselves on. I mean, they're very materialistic. But I feel like no one's walking around like my personality is my money. You can tell when they do that. But I feel like a lot of people are more so worried about education, what they've done for their family, who they are for their kids, being providers, but they're ready to go about any means of gain that. So it's no pride in money. And then here in America, it's flipped. It's, it's, it's the other way the around. Yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead, you got something? I mean, I'm just gonna say here, money is everything. It's yeah. Literally money is, you can't do anything in America without money. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you literally can't build it. I mean, you could, but it's very difficult to build yourself from like zero to mm-hmm. get yourself up to. Get I agree that it, it is hard, but it can be done. It, it's, okay, but the, okay, here's the thing though. Could we do it if 
Africans, no, no matter where you're from, whether you're African-American or from the continent, were strong together and supported one another. Do you think we'd have a better chance of getting money? Of course. So that's the trick. That's why they got us focused on money and not who we are as a people and how we can work together. I have an example, actually. Go ahead. You know, my, you know, my father is a pastor. Yeah. So he's a nice guy. So one of, my, one of, our, one of our closest friends right now, uh, choir master. My dad found him in a random place. Like literally found him in a random place. Like, he didn't know who he was or anything. And he brought him to our house and took care of him and nurtured him and everything. So now, so now, like we're really close. And like if we can, like get. There, so now he's better as a person. He's better as a person. He has a, an amazing job. He's putting me on to jobs now. Because your father decided that he's yeah. one of us and we're gonna bring him in. Yeah. Mm. So if like if everybody can like have that same mindset, bro, mm -hmm. what would would be a better place. Like it sounds cliche, but but it's the truth. It's the truth, yeah. Okay, and I'll oh, go ahead. You got something? Oh, no, you go. Okay, what I was gonna say was, um, I wanted to attack the idea of a handout. Mm -hmm. What? How would y'all define a handout? Someone. When you get something without without asking, no. It could be without asking, so which means you did not blank for it. For it. You, didn't you didn't work for it, right? Oh. Now I want right. Because right. if I just hand you the money. You didn't do anything for it, right? All right, now, I want to attack this because people look down on that, right? People look down on it. So this is why they look down on anybody they say that gets welfare, right? Because it's considered a handout, right? Now, if, is it true that people would love to own a whole bunch of properties? Yes. Especially rental properties, right? So, if you own an apartment building, right, and I'm your tenant and I hand you money, tell me what work you did to get that money. If you have some type of website where all you got to do is put it up, let's say it's, uh, I don't know, it transfers money. You built the website, customers come on there and do what the customers do and the money just transfers automatically. What what work did you do each time to come up with customers? So you're getting a handout every time you own a building and somebody pays you rent because you're not doing no productive work to get that money. Yeah. This is the trick. They get us to think in, in ways that don't help us. Because rich, because you want to be rich, so you get a handout. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So how dare we talk about poor people who don't have nothing, who need the handout. Yeah. So we, we all want to get to a position where we're getting handouts. Yeah. So if when you start studying economics, what they call it is economic rents. They call it rent seeking. When you get something at a above market rate, above what you put work in to get, that's a handout. Does that make sense? That's something I've noticed happens a lot with social media, like in influencers. Like um, a lot of people that uh, people have been talking about lately is like Charlie D'Amelio, like Addison Rae. Uh -huh. They did nothing but talk, like dance and just post on TikTok. Now they're going on SNL. They're on Ellen, Jimmy Fallon. They're making millions every single year. Stealing black dances. Stealing black dances, <laughs> not crediting the creators for doing nothing but doing cringy TikTok dances. It's a huge handout. Addison Rae was just on the cover of Vogue. What did you do to get that? Like, you didn't do the same thing. Or, like, influencers, they get, like, these PR packages. I've never understood that. They just send them free products. So you can put them on pedestals, and then people that actually need, like, help. Don't get it. They, they don't They're getting get so it. much for just posting so photos. And That's then we make excuses for it. Yeah. And there's none. They're not working. Right. And they're but millionaires. That's what that's but that's what my point is, is that's how crooked and demented our society is, yeah. is that the people who don't need nothing get everything. Everything. And the people who do need it can't get it. And if you give it to them, we're gonna dog them out for getting it. Yeah. 
this this is the sickness in America, and this is this is why I want to have these conversations because oh, have y'all heard the term passive income? I feel like I've heard uh, it. So, and in different streams of income. Yes. So a pa- passive income would be money that you get where you don't do nothing. Like how people say you make money in your sleep. Yeah. That's passive income. You didn't work to get it. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm trying to highlight the fact that that's a handout. Yeah. Because if you don't work for it, then it's a handout. That's how a lot of celebrities make their money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So everything is geared towards keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. Yeah. And it's all it's all a psychological game. Yeah. That's why that's why they don't allow real education in schools. Yeah, they don't. You see what I'm saying? That's why as much as I can, I try to connect what we're reading and doing in school to the real world so it click. So you, you like like the books. Like when I yeah. when I say certain stuff about the book, you're like, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Like when you go to med school, it's going to click a lot because you're going to be doing hands-on stuff. Yeah. And you're going to see it make sense. Yeah. But in normal school settings, it don't it's click as much, do it? Yeah. No. <laughs> you're like, why are we doing this? I told you, I dropped an item. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. It wasn't clicking. Yeah. And it probably clicked so much more if I took it in college, but... Took, took what in college? Anatomy. Anatomy. Okay, anatomy. I'm, I'm taking that next anatomy year. Sucks. Yeah, I have to retake it. I mean, I don't know. Because, like, like, anatomy was, isn't necessarily going to be hard for me because, like, I have so many people in my family who are in, like, the medical field. So I've been introduced to things, like, early on. Mm-hmm. And, like, pretty much anything that was, like, gory. Do you want to be a doctor, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. Huh? That's what I thought, too. Yeah, I want to be no. an OBGYN. Okay. Anatomy is not... It's not for the week. And like it was, it was so good. My, my mom thought it was something okay. like weird about me. Like I will, I was it like late. Like I used to watch like a thousand ways to die and just be like just staring at the TV, just being <laughs> right. so intrigued. Right. Like I used to go outside and play with bugs and touch mm-hmm. grass and okay, stuff. I used to do that. And uh, she was just like, "So what kind of doctor you want to be then?" Uh, OBGYN. Oh, you did say that. I'm yeah. not listening. Sorry. <laughs> but tripping. And then I thought about being a veterinarian and things like that, but. Why'd you settle on OB? Yeah, because the way you were talking about outside and nature and stuff. Oh, yeah, like, it's, it, I mean. Why it, OB? Okay, so you know about like the, I don't know if you know, but like the female mortality rates when it gets to, comes to like childbirth. Yes, it's really high. It's high, especially in African American women. And especially like in hospitals. And I personally have someone in my family who went to the hospital recently, had a baby, but she didn't come back out. Oh, and so I'm now sorry. so now the father is just raising this child and still trying to like advocate for the things because it was so many things that were going wrong while she was trying to give birth to her child. Like I guess her blood pressure was high and they're trying to like um like they're just stressing her out, trying to like resolve the situation, is get it done over with, listening to her, listening to her body. Because you gotta, you gotta understand, like when you're a woman, you understand your body way, way more than um, a doctor. And a doctor supposed to sit there and listen and be like, okay, this is my patient. She has A, B, C, and D going on, and I need to do A, B, C, D, and E, F, G to I can be able to solve the situation. And she had pretty claims here, and then they didn't catch it until like real late and things like that, and she ended up dying. That's so the high blood pressure, right? The high, high blood pressure. When you're pregnant, yeah. Like they, like they had noticed it, but then it was just like they acted on it like way too late. All right. So that's really inspiring you to be an OBGYN mm-hmm. to try to help that problem that's yeah. going on. That's a good reason. That, that is a really good reason. Did, they, did, they, did y'all sue them? I don't know because like I like, like, I haven't I haven't dangerous. heard from like that side of them in a real long time. So I don't know like what happened afterwards. It's like I know that this happened when I was young. It's not a lot of okay. yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
to ignore like a condition that a patient has. You know, it's crazy though. They do that in black women. Like the same way, like what a cop is to a black man is what a doctor is to a black woman. So it's like, like when I go to the doctor and I tell them like, Hey, I'm not feeling like this is feeling real bad. Like that's like last two years ago, I think. I told him, like, my stomach was just off. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's real sensitive. I told her, first one, she was, oh. And she was like, tell me more about it. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Never says a thing about it. Never says a thing about it. And so I came back this year. I did the same thing. They didn't say a thing about it. And I said, can you put that in my notes? Because, like, once you tell them to put them in your notes, they have to put that for other doctors to see. It's unethical. You put it in the notes, but don't do nothing about it. It was when I told her to put it in the notes that she was like, Okay, so what is it? And then she went to my actual doctor and prescribed the medicine for it. But they'll they won't do a thing yeah. for you till you tell them so, put it in your notes. Like I want to on paper see that you're taking this serious. It's just so, going in one year. So, so let me read you this. So I wasn't ignoring you. I was agreeing with you. I was trying to find this study. So listen to this. Uh, it's by Harvard Global Health Institute, Racial Bias in Medicine. Uh, race-based physiological myths have long influenced medical practice, he said. Even today, some doctors believe that African Americans are more tolerant of pain. Yeah. One study found that relative to other groups, physicians are twice as likely to underestimate black patients' pain. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, researchers at the University of Virginia, including Dr. Oliver, probed the beliefs of 222 white medical students and residents and published results in the proceedings of the National Academy of Science. Half held false physiological beliefs about African-Americans. Nearly 60% thought their skin were thicker and 12% thought their nerve endings were less sensitive than those of white people. The medical students and residents who endorsed false beliefs like these were more likely to rate the pain of black patient as less severe than otherwise identical white patients and less likely to recommend treating black patients pain. Yes, I read. I read. You read that, that before? It like it was in books. You could still find books where like yep. this is this is what they're teaching you. Like they're throwing you into medical fields and like in like hospitals to treat people with this belief. Yeah, and it's really wrong. And I remember uh, back in the day when women used to give birth, and this was something I learned. Where? I think I was just being nosy on my phone trying to learn more about it. But um, when women used to give birth, they used to use saws to like cut the bone, like cervical bone, so the baby could come out easy. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah and then they'd have to wear like a full pelvic uh, cast to oh like mend God. it. Yeah, it was severe. They stopped this in white women in like three months. They continued it in black communities for like a year and a half. So they really found out it's not necessary because part of the spine goes back. Like that's the whole point. Yeah. They didn't care. Oh my so once God. they once they realized that they stopped it in white communities, they continued they in black communities for a black. long time. That's horrible. That's it's terrible. Yeah, is I know that personally, like when it came to like my mother and she had gave birth to me, mm-hmm. cause she cause she had my brother first, and cause he's older, he's like 11, 12 years older than me, and she was it was her first child, so she didn't really know, so she had her baby in a hospital like mm-hmm. any other normal woman, and she didn't really enjoy the experience because she was just so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and. Okay, and she said like she said that um, the reason why she had me because she had a birth doula, and um, she said she felt more comfortable with the birth doula because she could do it her way. And in the hospital, she's like, okay, you got to sit in the bed, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to do that. She wanted to get up, she wanted to move around, she wanted to do like the little ball and stuff. And then when it came to her actually like giving birth to my brother, she had delivered my brother. Um, she had to do it like you know like on her back and stuff. And she said like that was like the most painful and 
like the worst part of her like entire birth and giving birth to my brother because it didn't feel natural. And so when she um, went to have a birth doula, she was like a whole birthing center. She took the classes and things like that. And she said it felt more natural. She was more comfortable giving birth on all fours because like gravity and things like that. And that's, mm, that's what, that's what, um, yeah, because it's yeah. better to give birth on all fours because it, pre it prevents Gravity pulls mm. the baby out, and you have like less injuries, like tearing and things like that. You, it's wow. less like you really get, have to get stitches. And it's what I, I said. Thought she did, I thought it was a water fine bath. If you I'm look at a woman's back, bath. you never see it because I was laying down. If you look at a woman's back while she's birthing, the mm. spine literally flicks up. And yeah. You can see it in her back. It just detaches from like down there, turns into like a little tail. So mm. it can open, and the baby oh. can. So like your coccyx literally kind of expands. Oh, so yeah. the spine does lift. So on all fours, that makes sense. Mm. If you're laying down, that's pushing Like down. the pubis bone of a male and a female is like they, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ours can literally separate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah, oh. and like and I saw I saw videos where like um in like poorer countries and things like where you like don't have like access to like hospitals and things. That's how they gave birth. Like I know some I forgot where it was where they had to like dig a hole. You sat in the hole and that's how you gave birth too. Wow. They used to do that back in the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They literally had you like squat. Squat and down. it looked painful, but like no gravity is literally gonna pull it's on it. It's on your side. Oh. You know, if you're laying down, you're having to push. You need to, oh. to put in more force to put the baby force. out. Yeah. And it's and yeah. and like depending and like the when you're laying down on you have things like your um bone and things so, of like when you actually think about how a baby comes out and lay down on your back, it's more likely for the baby to come like straight out and actually like slide right on top of it, which makes it more um, painful and um which is why like you get tearing and things like that. And that's that's why a lot of women that like do like um the bath births. The bath births like and or what? give birth on all fours. On all fours, like they'll squat. Oh uh, yeah, my, like, my, know, like my, 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 cousin, my cousin. She she uh, she. Mm -hmm. Bro, she I will I will never forget like, <laughs> cause my cousin she went to labor yeah. at home. Laboring and, or giving birth on all fours is a great way to manage your pain and create mm -hmm. some more significant opportunity for movement. Mm -hmm. When a mother moves to all fours, it allows her be belly and pelvis to relax and open and takes the pressure off her back. And the complete opposite is laying down. Yeah. Right. That's Dang. literally flipped. Yeah. And I know it don't make sense. Wow. my cousin, she had went into labor at home. Mm -hmm. And like she like her baby came fast, but I guess she was in labor all day, but she was like mm -hmm. making the connection. So by the time like she had realized, oh dang, I it's time to give birth. She was our she was still at home. And I was over here like, Okay girl, so here's my little ten year old self. Mama, come help Oh, it's recording. It's banging. You're banging. And she was over here like, I was like, Mama, come on. Like, cousin such and such, she needs help. And I'm like, and she, she just squat down. She gave birth just like that. And I was wow. like, okay. So yes. here I am, 10 year old, so blood all on the floor. Yeah. And I'm just like, squatting is literally Squatting. And I'm just like, yeah, so this is my life. That's how wow. it was done until like hospitals. So Western science changed this? Changed it mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of foreign places they still squat like they'll have like midwives i guess uh -huh. like two women like hold them up on the elbow so they don't get weak and fall yeah down. and Oops, the baby just mm -hmm. pops. That's crazy. It's real easy. They don't be dying. I mean, they work. In the future, I better not forget. Yeah, no. Yeah, we need oh, to change. Sure. Yeah. As, as much as black it women die, it needs to change. Yeah, it makes sense. Change no the world's fault, too. You can do it. Wow. <laughs> but, no, it makes no sense. I did not yeah. know this. Maybe because I'm not a woman. Comfort, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, 
if I if I were to get birth like in a hospital, I had to make that accommodation. Like mm-hmm. if I want to get up, I want to get up. If I want to do A, B, C, and D, that's what I want to mm-hmm. do. Because like I want I want my experience to be pleasant. Mm-hmm. And now that being on TikTok, it has opened opened my eyes up to like a whole new world. Like when it comes to like even like the after like after your baby's born and things mm-hmm. like that. Because um, I forgot what it was called, but the, the thing that surrounds the baby, like that mucus the um, that they come out in, mm-hmm. it, it's actually better for them to actually stay in that to because it helps them regulate their body temperature because that, mm-hmm. that's the environment that they're used to. Mm-hmm. And you can actually so explain what's happening. What do you so, say should happen? Okay, so let's um, so after you give birth, you know, like that white creamy substance that's, that's just like covered the all over placenta. the baby. Oh, it's not. It's, not it's, not it's literally like a part of their membrane. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, a part yeah, of the membrane. Yeah. It's like I don't know what it's called. It's not. It's like a fluid. It's like a sticky substance, yeah. and that's why like when babies come out, they're like they're like placenta is like like rubbery, and they're like covered in it's white stuff. That's what they, that's what's inside. That's their that's their environment. And pretty much like once you the get birth, vernix. Yeah, the vernix. Uh, some vernix, something with a C, is a protective layer on your baby's skin. It appears as white cheese like substance. This coating develops on the baby's skin while in the womb. They wipe it off immediately. And they they uh, they wipe it off and um that's why Oh um, now I remember what you now I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. And if you keep that on, it keeps the baby like regulating their temperature mm-hmm. and um you do chest to chest with the baby with that um, vernix still on them, and it, it pretty much like transitions them into the real world a lot better than just going in, take taking out all off, and going to the first bath. They're like, I'm not used to this right now, mm-hmm. and it's a lot healthier for them too because, um, I mean, it's just like it's like kind of like what they're used to, and it being introduced like a new world. Okay, that's I'll why a lot it. of babies. I'll read it. Let me read it. It says. It has antimicrobial properties. Newborns have a fragile immune system, which means they're less susceptible to illnesses. The vernix something can protect the newborn from infections after birth. This is because that coating contains antioxidants and anti-infection and anti-inflammatory properties. It's lubrication through the birth canal. It regulates the body temperature, moisturizes the baby skin. So and that's right. why that's why some women prolong giving them their mm-hmm. first bath for those reasons. That's why yep. a lot of babies. Yep. Have you ever noticed a lot of babies when they first come out, they'll develop pneumonia, mm-hmm. or they'll go into shock and literally start having seizures, and then they immediately have to go into the NICU because. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes sense. They're coming out. There's light now. Mm-hmm. It's not warm no more. You're taking out a lot of stuff that they needed on them. Cutting their little thingy. It's a lot. And a lot of babies, like, a lot of babies, I was reading about it where <coughs> one had twins and one of them died because it was constantly having seizures. Like, it's not even It was the little one, too. So it's kind of like, it just makes sense. Like, don't you think that was your fault? Like, the baby was fine. They put it down, you know, it's under a little blanket. Starts having seizures. Then it develops pneumonia. Then it dies. You know? Why is babies coming out and just developing pneumonia off? Don't you think that they're cold for some reason? Like, that, that makes, makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. I don't know. I've always thought it was weird how quickly that they did, like, clean them off and stuff like that. It never made sense. Unless they were, like, in their little bubble. You know, yeah. Out their little yeah. sack. Then, like, yeah, that's a big deal. But, like, um, a lot, like, process of birth giving is really, really weird. From, a, from the Western sense, the way that we do yeah, it. hospitals is yeah. really, really weird. And that's why, like, water births and stuff like that. I've, there's also been a new thing called hypnosis birth. Mm-hmm. They hypnotize you while you're giving birth. So, like, you're not aware of what's going on. And, like, baby just comes out. And it's really weird because when they do it, babies come out really calm and, like, serene. Half the babies don't cry. Mm. Like, they just come out. Same thing with water births. Babies don't cry in water births, usually. They mm-hmm. just come out. 
their water was yeah, because it, it say it's a it's the same environment that they were in. It's exactly. So that's why. Oh, so they, the water be the same temperature as the. It's like it's like inside. it's like the same environment okay. because like if they're if they're used to being in the um like amniotic fluid and then they come out to the um to the water, it's just like. Oh, this is nothing new. Look, and then they come out and like, they, oh, yeah. some right, people so. let their babies okay. like backflow while mm. they're going through stuff. Yeah, they can swim. They'll just chill there and relax. <laughs> it's yeah. so calming for them. And it, ta- it so takes it a while for them to. It makes a lot it takes a while for them to actually realize, like, oh, I'm not in the womb anymore. And that's why, like, before they take their first breath, like, mm-hmm. it takes a while for them to realize, oh, I'm not in the womb anymore. Mm-hmm. Now nah, I'm going to take this my first breath. They can, they can sit underwater for, like, however long they want. And then they, they do not know this for a long time. Babies don't lose their ability to, like, fully stop, stop swimming. I believe it, it was a month. I want to say it might have been one to three. Like, they can swim for a long time. And then they lose the ability. But, like, it just makes sense. Because they've been swimming in there this entire time. You won't want them to come out in an environment they're used to. I'm not sure. Yeah, that is a going into an extreme, diff, extremely different extremely environment. Different. Man, you're right. We don't get to talk about this. And let the world continue operating the way it is. I just don't know, like, who made that so normal. Like, hospitals, hospital beds. Like, had to be some men. Some yes. white men that ain't never had a baby. Had to. Had to. Or it it don't make sense. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just feel like, I just feel like, because I actually had a conversation this in my health services class. Like, men need to also be, like, aware of their own bodies and not, like, of their own bodies and also women's bodies, too. Because um, it's been too many situations where, like, men didn't even understand, like, the actual normal ter- terminology for, like, their body parts and things like that until, like, they get older and they be like, like, they, they don't know what, I just people don't know, don't know what a prostate is until they hit, like, that, um, that moment where they're like, oh, yeah, you need your prostate check. They're like, what's that? And then, um, they don't know, like, the proper terminology for, like, you know, testicles and stuff like that. They don't know, uh, and it's just, like, school doesn't teach you this and the parents also don't want to teach their kids this, so, like, so who's going to teach it? And I think I think it's just helpful information, especially like not only with their own bodies. Because why do women have to understand our own bodies and things like that? Like when something's wrong, what about men? I know I know that I know plenty of men who had signs of cancer and they didn't even notice. They just they just paid no attention. They just, oh, I thought this was normal. And I just feel like they, I feel like they should the same things that they're trying to no, on us, but like to um, know about our own bodies. They should also know learn things about their own bodies as well. I agree. You'll do greater than that. So again, then I think that we're both we're all advocating I mean, not like for some type of black cultural center where we can learn these things because mm-hmm. our kids and our parents need to have an environment where they're constantly learning and interacting with each other, don't you think? Yeah. Because the reason a lot of men don't know these t- uh, the proper terminology is because, like you said, parents are not being trained that they should teach their children the proper names. Mm-hmm. They give them euphemisms and little nicknames. Oh, like on Bridgerton? Yeah, you watch Bridgerton? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I, I know what you're talking about, though. Oh, yeah, Daphne. It's about Europe, right? The interracial yeah, relationship in Europe. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, my God, I love Bridgerton. But uh, Daphne, you know, she was mad at her mom. Hey, y'all have a great day. She was mad at her mom uh-huh. because, you know, her mom didn't tell her how the birds and bees were. Mm. Simon didn't want kids. So he told Daphne, see ya. So he told, um, told him. I don't know.
You know, she told us. Simon told her, like, I can't. Oh, that's not bad. I think you should do that. Probably Sean, I'll be like. But, like, basically, um, Simon told her, like, I can't have kids. Simon can have kids. He just didn't want kids. Daphne was obsessed with the idea of having kids. So every time they did it, you know, when Simon was doing his thing, he quickly flip over and do elsewhere. She didn't know what it was. So for months, she's like, some boy thing. Then she started realizing. He put like, those on the desk for me, too. Then she's like, why is he always so quick to try and...